as uh, David comes forward to share with you the scripture for today, I want to give you just a little bit of quick context. Uh, this comes the very beginning of the Gospel of John. It's actually the very first chapter. Uh, John jumps you right into Jesus' story. There aren't any shepherds or angels or wise men or any of that. There's some, there's some wisdom literature or poetry, if you will, about the Word was God, the Word was with God, talking about the fact that Christ comes in the world as God made flesh, God in human form. And then he immediately begins his ministry. So the first thing he does is he begins to collect those who will follow him. And so at the very beginning of uh, this section of John, in the first chapter, uh, right before where David's going to pick up the reading, there's, Jesus has already started to invite disciples to follow him. Uh, that, enga- that engagement has already produced several who have committed to being his disciples, and the invitation continues on. So I'm going to invite David to let you hear now where that story goes. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know him? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these? And he said to him, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Join with me in prayer. Gracious and loving God, we ask you to bless now the hearing, the receiving, and even more the living out of your holy word. We pray that our gathering together today will result in our opportunity to be a community more pulled together by your grace and more powerfully sent out in your name. Allow our prayers, this message, our songs, whatever we do today, bring us to you. We pray this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Let me wish you a happy Thanksgiving. I know it's a few days away, but I don't expect to be at your table, and quite frankly, I don't want all of you at mine. So let me say to you, happy Thanksgiving as we start off this week. I hope you do have a great uh, uh, week of celebration. I hope Thursday you find yourself around the table with family and friends and loved ones and all the food that makes you happy. It's important that we have days like that, and and it's true across our entire country as we celebrate Thanksgiving. I don't know if you heard the story about a woman in uh, Mesa, Arizona, who last week uh, sent out a text to her family. She wanted to tell everybody that uh, Thanksgiving this year was going to be at her house at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. She sent out the text to invite the entire family. What she didn't realize is when she sent out the text, she had her grandson's old phone number. So that invitation went to someone she didn't know. 
And when Jamal Hinton, a 17-year-old high school student sitting in high school class in Phoenix, Arizona, received the text, he said, I actually did think it was my grandma. So he answered the text and asked grandma to send him a photo. And when she sent her a selfie of herself, he realized she was most definitely not his grandma. You're not my grandma, he replied with a surprise emoji, crying, laughing, and so on, and a selfie of himself. But he also asked, can I still come and get a plate, though? Wanda, being the great-grandmother she is, responded, Of course you can. That's what grandmas do. Feed everyone. Well, you can see where the story goes. Now this Thursday, um, uh, Jamal's family is going to go to Wanda's family, and they're going to spend Thanksgiving together. How cool is that? It's great. The other part of the story continues, though, is that as the story went viral, Other people picked it up. Now 600 other people have asked to come over to Wanda's house for Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) It's true. It's a true story. Invitations have a power in and of themselves. Uh, They can create new possibilities. They can create create new community. They can create new futures. They can change lives. We are called in the name of Jesus Christ to live invitationally. Over the last two weeks, I have been attempting to say to you something that I have just so powerfully believed in my heart and soul, I need to get out to you, and I want to make sure you hear this. Over the last two weeks, I've been inviting us to live invitationally in the name of Christ. And the first invitation we talked about two weeks ago was to accept the invitation that all of us receive to come and follow Christ. We we get a chance every morning, every evening, every afternoon, and every moment of our life to make a choice to follow Christ. He comes to us. He says, would you follow me? Come follow me. That's where we begin. We get a chance to follow Christ. That's the first invitation. We don't have to do anything to earn it. It's already there at the doorstep of your heart and mind. Come follow me, he says. And last week we shared the story of the Good Samaritan. And as Jesus finishes the story of how that despised Samaritan showed what it was to live life faithfully by caring for someone else in their time of need, Jesus tells us to go and do likewise. We are invited in the name of Jesus Christ to go and do likewise, to go find other people and to walk alongside them. If they're in their time of need, to walk with them and help with whatever sense we can to help them in their time of need. Why? Because we're perfect and have all of our life to act together? No, of course not. We do so because we ourselves have had times of need. We at times have had moments where we needed something or someone to help close the gap for us. We know what that's like. And so in the name of Jesus Christ, we're called to go And do likewise with others, to find places where we can partner with others and make new friends, new community, new community in the name of Christ. Today we receive the third invitation. Now it begins also with Christ. It actually begins right before David started to read. Uh, Jesus is walking uh, in his first literal steps of ministry, and he's going to a few people, and he says to them, would you you, uh, come come and follow me? And well, it really, actually doesn't begin there. It begins with John the Baptist, who sends two of his disciples to go see Jesus, because John the Baptist is pretty clear. Jesus is what they've been waiting for all these years, centuries. He says to two of his followers, you need to go follow him. So they go, and they say to Jesus, hey, where, where are you staying? Which is another way of saying, we'd like to hang out with you. Jesus doesn't give him an address. He says, come and see. So they go with him, and, and then they, as Scripture says they spend the rest of the day with him, which is another way of saying they didn't just follow him, they, they joined him. 
Now we can pick up the story where we hear it today, where in fact others are beginning to get caught up in this invitational life. It's interesting that as, as this story begins, uh, we find that, that uh, uh, Philip has been invited by Jesus to come and see, and he's seen enough to know that Jesus is the deal. Jesus matters. Jesus is going to be the one worth following. So Philip goes and he finds a friend. Now, it's his friend, Nathaniel. So you know how you know your friends, right? You know which of your friends are the grumpy friends, right? Right? You know, you, you know them. I mean, they're your friends, but they're, they're grumpy. You know, you know the ones who are the cynics. You know the ones who are the smart alecks. That's why they're your friends, probably. So you know about your friends. Well, well, Philip goes up to Nathaniel. He knows Nathaniel. And he says, hey, Nathaniel, listen, man, you've got to come with me and check out this Jesus guy because I'm telling you what, I've met him, and, and already I'm beginning to see he's changing my life. He's, he's going to change the way the world is. You've got, you've got to come with me. And Nathaniel says, are you kidding me? Did anything good come out of Nazareth? I mean, Nazareth. Are you kidding me? Anything good come out of, you know, Lake Orion? Really? Oh, come on. Back in the day for me, it was, can anything good come out of Birch Run? No, there's no way. Not even if they got the mall, it wouldn't help them out. You know, and then uh, later on for me, it was, you know, can anything good come out of Chapel Hill? Well, of course not. We all know the answer to that. I'm sorry, Scott. Love you, man. But I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying. Can anything good come out of that little know-nothing town? Philip knew Nathaniel. He knew he was a cynic. He knew he was a smart mouth guy. So instead of defending, or instead of backing off, All Philip did, the only thing he did, he said, hey, come and see. Come and see for yourself. You know, make up your own mind. Nathaniel goes. And my guess is he goes because he wasn't pushed by Philip. He was invited, come and see. No no threat, I'm not going to judge you, I'm not going to not love you, just come and see. And he goes and sees Jesus, and Summary of it all is, is that in encountering Jesus, he finds that Jesus knows more about him than he knows about Jesus, and that intrigues him. He begins to discover that Jesus, in getting to meet him, is already able to meet his needs, to answer his questions, to guide him through his dark nights, to give him joy in his bright days. He already sees that in Jesus. So, man, I want to know more about this guy. And he says, I'll follow. Come and see. What a wonderful way to live our life, to invite others to just come and see who Christ is. Come and see. Simple, open, inviting words. And I think it sums up the entire focus of what it is to live invitationally. Do you understand, of course, that the Christian faith throughout all the centuries has always been person to person? Fundamentally, this faith hinges on the question of whether every generation will take time to invite others to come and see. Stop inviting, they won't come and see, they won't know. This faith stops dead in its tracks. It's done. And the reason that this faith continues over 2,000 years is because enough people have said, come and see, and others have come and seen what matters most, and they too have decided to follow the Christ. Come and see. I want you to understand what Philip is not doing here. He's not suggesting that 
Nathaniel needs to do a lot before he gets to Jesus. He's not saying to, to uh, Nathaniel, listen, you need, to, you need to get your acts together. You need to clean up a little bit first. You need to watch your mouth you come around Jesus. No, just come and see his yard. It's okay. He's not saying to, to Nathaniel, you know, I want to ask you whether or not you've yet accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want to know whether you have followed the four guidelines for how you accept salvation in the name of Jesus. He doesn't say, have you repented of your sins? He doesn't say any of that stuff. Let's come and see. We live in a time when the world struggles to be invitational because the truth is most of us have closed off the doors. There are some things that we'll invite people to, but only a select few, and only people that we're pretty sure we're going to get a yes from. You know, come with me, and, and uh, I got two tickets next week for Michigan and Ohio State. Anybody want to come? They're taped in one of the hymnals. First one to find them gets them. How bad do you want to grab a hymnal right now? <laughs> you see, the truth is, you know I don't have those tickets, or otherwise you'd be knocking someone out of the way to grab their hymnal, wouldn't you? And some invitations are real easy to offer. Come and see. I just want you to come check out who Jesus is. So the question is, do you care enough about Jesus as much as you do Michigan-Ohio State? Do you care about Jesus as much as you do had you been invited to the seventh game of the World Series? Do you care as much about Jesus as that dinner you're going to go to on Thursday? Come and see. Do you care enough about the people around you, even the ones you don't know, the ones Christ is going to lead you to, to say, you know, I, I happen to know that I have a relationship with Jesus Christ that is so powerful, it's affected my family, it's affected me in the days of my life that matter the most, matters to me, do I care enough about the other person to invite them? Come and see. The wonderful thing about Philip's invitation is it doesn't make you have to do anything except come and see. You don't have to judge people. You don't have to convert people. That's not your job. You don't have to save people because of the case you haven't figured out lately, you ain't the Savior. Come and see. That's the third invitation. In the life of our community of faith, we are invited every morning to live the three invitations. And I want to make it clear to you, they're not linear. It's not like, Okay, I've accepted Jesus Christ and I got that covered. That's all good now. So now I'll go do some mission work. I got that covered. Now I'll go invite some people. In the Bible, these folks were figuring all those things out all at the same time. Did Philip know everything about Jesus he was going to know when he invited Nathaniel to come see? Did he? No. He was just beginning his relationship. You and I get a chance to live invitationally every day by looking at these three invitations. Have I really brought Christ into my life today as much as I could? Am I really living my day today going and doing likewise when I engage with other people? 
And am I also, in addition to walking with them in the tough times of life, am I inviting them to come and see? If we were to live those three invitations, I'm literally telling you, you would change the world. Do you believe me? Has your world been changed at all because someone invited you to come and see? So who have you not invited? It has nothing to do with how much you know. Philip didn't know anything. It has nothing to know whether or not the person you're going to invite says yes or no. You're responsible to invite, come and see. And let Jesus speak for himself. Let the faith speak for itself. Take a look at all of the things we're doing over the next two months. Take a look at the bulletin. List them out. Who in your life, or who might Christ lead you to in the next four weeks, who needs from you a very simple invitation? Come and see. Because they're attending the festival singers, or going to Advent night, or coming to Christmas Eve, or coming to a Sunday worship service, coming to the cantata, whatever it is, might be the one thing that allows them to change their life and for them to change our life. uh, Last week, I locked in our four movies in January. We're going back to the movies in January. You got four Sundays. You got four Tuesday nights where the hardest thing you got to do is go to somebody you don't know or someone who's not a part of this faith community or a faith community and say, hey, come and see a movie with me. I mean, how... How hard is that? Now, why does it matter? Did Jesus say, hey, Philip, you've got to go ask Nathaniel because we need more members? No. The come and see is about changing lives. Beginning in January, we're going to have construction all around this property. It's going to be a zoo. You get to say to the community for a whole year, come and see. We don't know how we're going to get in the building either. Come and see. (laughs) Every Sunday will be an adventure when you come to church. (laughs) Come and see. You understand, we're not inviting people to another organization they can join. We're not inviting them to fit one more thing into their already overbooked, overstressed life. We're not. We invite them into a relationship. We're inviting them into something that can put the rest of their priorities in perspective. Come and see. So my question to you today is, who is the Lord asking you to invite? Come and see. Who will it be this week that you will prayerfully, joyfully, gracefully, openly just say to someone, come and see? to one of the places where I can engage with you in Christ in a way which is pretty simple. Does it make a difference? Ask Philip. Ask Nathaniel. And let me ask you, did it make a difference that someone let you come in the door today? We are called to be the people who live this invitational life. 
who create community in a sea of loneliness, offer hope in a sea of despair, offer purpose and meaning and the reason to live life and live life joyfully in a world that wants to beat people down. That's the power you have in your hands right now. So right now I'm going to lead us in a moment of prayer. And I'm going to let us be silent for a few moments. And I want you to think about two things in that prayer. And if God takes you away into something else, you go with God. But here are the two things I want to invite you to think about. One, what is one thing you want to give God thanks for, for God's relationship with you right now? And the second thing I want you to think about is this. How can God get you ready? And who will you invite to come and see in the days ahead? So they will have a reason to give thanks as well. Would you pray with me? Precious Lord, if I begin just to think for a part of a day of this past week, the many ways you have blessed me with family, food, friendship, breath, health, a future, and so much more. I come running to you to let you know how grateful I am, to thank you even in the midst of the trials and struggles of my life. You've been so faithful. So thank you. And I ask you not in any other capacity than just as your disciple Rick, that you would help me know this week who I can invite to come and see all about you, to see you, to come to know you, and let them make the decision for themselves about following you. You can stand on your own. You don't need my help. Except you need me to give the invitation. Of course, maybe part of my hesitation and give the invitations is that they'll say yes. And they'll come, and I I'm, I'm wonder if maybe I'm a little nervous about them seeing about my life. I don't know. Or maybe I'm afraid that like Wanda, I'm going to give an invitation and 600 people are going to show up. And that would certainly change us. But Lord, all my thinking about this You've already got it in your hands. So bless us 
and lead me, each and every one of us, to the place where we get the privilege of inviting someone else to say yes to something that will change their life forever. We pray this gratefully. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you.